And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John program with my man josh look at what the sunshine will do for him he's got a smile he's got a little bit of a pimple on top of his bicep there (laughs) oh it was the bump i thought it was uh, i thought it was a pimple oh you were talking about these guns baby those are guns guns. those are called pea shooters baby yeah what is up talking about these guns guns well, as you all know, if you guys follow me on social media at the Real Punk, you guys will know that I'm in Tijuana, Mexico, Tijuana. getting stem cells done. Uh, my buddy Scotty Nelson is a co-founder um, of CPI down here, and he has suggested I get this done in some of the areas that I know I've been having some problems in. I'm having a hard time; like I can't even like pick up, a, you know, a bag. I can't pick up. A, I can't even bounce a basketball. Any of those things. Not that I do that very often. But no, or, or hold it, or well. Yeah, or well, or well. But like, but slamming medicine balls, lifting medicine balls, tossing them, all that stuff is very difficult for me with my wrist. My right knee has been jacked for about two and a half years. I haven't really been able to grapple as as much and as often as I'd like. So I finally decided it was time. And I go, look, since I'm going to be there, what other things can I do that are really bothering me? So my right hip has been bothering me also. Uh, It probably has something to do with my right knee. That might make sense. And then obviously my neck has been real bad. My low back is tight too, but I thought it was something that, it's not giving me a lot of problems, um, you know, unless, I'm, unless I don't warm up well for jiu-jitsu and training, and I haven't been doing a lot of jiu-jitsu because of my right knee. So let's take care of the major stuff first and uh, get the results back. But uh, Scotty Nelson, who used to own On The Mat. On um, The Mat, OTM, baby. Yeah, OTM, baby. Everyone knows this. You guys are hardcore MMA fans. You guys know Scotty is a, a pioneer basically in this sport, man. Long time, long time in the sport, but a great guy, great friend of mine for probably 20-plus years. Uh, I met him through, you know, the BJ Pens, the Gumbies, the, you know, Rich Childs and all the other guys and from back in the day. So we've all kind of kind of came up together. And um, but man, he's done a lot of great things uh, in his life. So this is one of the next steps in terms of trying to heal people. You know, I think for him, it was a lot of um, training jujitsu all the time. All the time. And my back, my all neck, my arm, my elbows, all of those things. Um, and realizing, look, I need to find a, a solution to this. Just surgery is not going to keep, I can't keep doing surgeries here, surgeries there. So, um, you know, and, um, he got connected with some, the right people and did all the research and did everything like that. And he's co-founded uh, CPI and this is going to, this is going to be great. So I'm excited. I do all this, all the stem cells go tomorrow. Um, first day was great. The full walkthrough is they picked me up in San Diego, drove me across the border. And, uh, within 40 minutes, I was already in a chair you know, with uh, with a bag of uh, NAD in my arm. You know, we were doing the IVs, did the Myers cocktail, did the NAD, uh, they did the ozone, they did all the different. Types well, explain of stuff. to people what NAD is. Not everyone understands what an NAD is, so go ahead. Go ahead. Do you explain it, John? I can't. It's fucking horrible. It's a concoction. Yeah, go ahead. It's a concoction, but there's so yeah. many different things that that can happen to you during an NAD uh, IV bag. So people have talked about that. Um, they get nauseous. They get, you know, they feel like uh, their heart starts racing. All of those things. I felt a little bit of that throughout the day, um, but it definitely is something that gave me like a boost of energy, and it kind of gave me a little bit too fast. And then I just stood up and walked around for a second. I felt good. I think what happens is a lot of people just stay in the recliner chairs and just try to work through it. For me, I just stood up and walked around a little bit and felt good. I sat back down, and it was gone. So I had kind of my heart, my heart pounded for a quick second. 
Um, a little bit of that flushness over my face kind of felt, but I got up and walked around. And yeah, that, that 120 beats per minute while you're sitting still, that's usually yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, uh, everything has been good. You know, I did the MRIs today. John and I, you and I were talking about this off air was that the MRIs, um, I had to do five, four of them today. So I did the knee, the wrist, the hip, and the neck. That's I mean, way, too, way too much sitting still. All back I can't to do back it. I'm, to too, back. I'm too ADD, man. Oh, God, it's horrible. Oh, it was all back horrible. to back. You know what the funny part is? The worst one was the, the wrist. Because I had to hold my hand still. And the way I had to position my hand, it fell asleep. And so when it falls asleep and you let it, instead of like holding your arm up and letting it wake up, like it starts pulsing. And so I was, I was, uh, I was struggling through that. It was, uh, it wasn't bad though. That was only a 20 minute. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't put your hand in that normal position where it pulses and you enjoy it. And I enjoy those kind of pulses. I enjoy it. Oh yeah. I, those kind of pulses. I mean, that's, that's what led me to get these stem cells. Hello. So, <laughs> but it's, it's been good, man. Like so far the experience has been really good. Scotty took the whole crew. There's about 40 people here, 30, 35 to 40 people here that came in from the States to, uh, to get it done. Someone's here from, from New Zealand. Um, we've got a couple people up from Seattle, from North Carolina, from Denver, you know, from all around, basically from all around. We have someone from a couple people from uh, Canada that have come down. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the results will be. Obviously, it takes time from what I understand. Yeah, so it yeah. depends. Everything takes time. Everyone's body is different. Um, this is the biggest thing, though, John. And um, – is you know i went through this phase you know that i went for about two months with no alcohol and then i had some i had some drinks in uh in uh chicago and then this last uh thanksgiving i had some drinks and and then i come here and they're like hey no alcohol for three months I'm oh like, well, good thing good thing i prepared myself good i had that had that little touch and now i'm back on the, yeah, back on the what wagon you don't realize is they, they he had given a full breakdown how how alcohol affects uh, your stem cells and the way your body is able to uh, regenerate tissue and uh, keeps you obviously dehydrated, which is one of the biggest things um, that keeps your body from regenerating healthy tissue. So we're going to have Scotty on and some of the other people on from uh, CPI on, on the show here and just kind of give people that are interested in doing it. And you guys, you guys do referrals. Uh, you guys will get a certain kind of a rate, you know, um, through uh, through CPI, if you guys refer the Wayne in podcast and Perhaps. and ourselves, so uh, that's something we're going to look at uh, working on with you guys to give all of our listeners a chance and opportunity to maybe get stem cells if they want to. So I'm looking forward to having Scotty on or you know some of the co-founders on, um, you know maybe later on in the couple months. Sounds good. So, as the results come in, John. As the results, at least. Well, you better hope the results come in good. I think it will. Or else nobody's coming on nothing. (laughs) No. We'll be good. I'll be giving updates, though, pretty much like monthly updates on how they're coming around. And they said, look, don't expect expect results within the first. Don't expect expect miracles. No. They said the neck, though, you'll get the results. Probably you'll you'll feel a lot looser and more mobility within probably, they said, like a week or two. Because the inflammation then goes down. And you're, you're able to move your head now. You're. Side well, to no. side, you know, but it's yeah. going to take some, some time. Some people, for some, well, not all of us have a fused neck, by the way. <laughs> well, but, but, uh, but yeah, they said like the knee, you know, you've got to still be cautious with it for, you know, two to three months, you know, sometimes. And then for me, the wrist, probably about two to three months, it's going to be the hip, I think is for me is going to be the biggest thing. Uh, you know, opening up in mobility and squats, you know, being able to do step ups, those type of things. I like to run a lot and that's my yeah. biggest thing. I play soccer. I play pickup games for soccer, you know, on certain nights. And those are the things I got to make sure that I, I got to avoid for at least three months. So, yeah. process. 
It's all right. All right. Well, hey, you know what, John? Enough about CPI. Enough about me and all my my messed up body parts. <laughs> and uh, you know, I know that there was something that you were you were interested in doing some stuff too. And uh, you know, I'm gonna get the introduction done with you and uh, Scotty and with Ed and those guys. And uh, we're gonna make sure that we can try to get John to live forever. I love that. Uh, yeah, that ain't happening. But that's okay. <laughs> we, we, we can get we can get at least another twenty years out of you. Oh. At least. Maybe twenty-five. It's going down fast, baby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, did you ever That's see what... the Titanic? Man, once that <laughs> thing hit that iceberg, it's going down. <laughs> Was it? Man, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, hey, let's get into some fights, buddy. Let's do it. Look, at the UFC has got a show that was supposed to take place in China, I believe. I think it was supposed to be in Shanghai. It is now at the UFC Apex. It's coming after probably the the best show they had of the year when you looked at everything that happened in that austin every fight was good come on you got to be honest every fight was good. there was a lot of great fights and so now you're gonna have this one it doesn't have that ton of star power down you know like that one did and stuff but it's got a couple of good fights and and the the you know the main event is a good fight chris guterres taking on yadong song that's a that's a dynamite bantamweight fight you look at the styles kind of match up because Yudong Song came into the sport. He was a wrestler and he's really turned into a guy that likes to stand up and, and hit people with power. He's got the power. He can still wrestle. He can take people down when he wants. He's very good with his defensive wrestling. Chris Gutierrez is, is a sniper. He's outstanding in all those areas. If you're looking at, you know, this fight, they match up. Well, Yudong Song's probably got the more power. I think Chris Kaderas might have the the smoother, more technical stand up, but Yudong Song can definitely be there in the stand up with him the whole time. I mean, John, like I don't want to spend too much time breaking down these fights, man. Look, this is pretty obvious. Yudong Song has got the speed, he's got the power, power. he's the younger fighter, he's more athletic, he's got the wrestling to get the takedowns. It'll be difficult for him to, but I don't know if he wants to go to the ground with Chris Kaderas, knowing that he's got. He's got all the ability on the feet to get in and out with the big shots. I mean, Yadong Song is he's still young. He's got a lot of power. He's fun to watch. Yep. Chris Katera has been known to take shots. He's got to get this fight to the ground to have a chance. I don't think he can. The height of Yadong Song is, is going to be a little bit of a problem too. Trying to shoot those double legs, trying to shoot those single legs, and trying to get trying to get someone down who's shorter than you is very difficult. Yeah. John, this is a really tough fight for Chris Katerras. It, it really is. is. Okay, you're right. It is. It's yeah. super tough. But you got to look and say, does he have a chance in it? Yeah, he's got a Absolutely. chance. Absolutely. But Absolutely. it is it is a tough fight for him, just with the way that they match up. I do think that he's got the the slicker stand up, but it's not going to matter because of the power. Yeah, the power is going to be a big difference. Anthony Smith taking on Khalil Roundtree. This is an intriguing fight. It really is. is it? I, it, it, well, it is in this fashion. Look, at, I, I've known Anthony Smith for a long time. So have you. He is. A, I hear a butt coming. He's a dynamite fighter. He's fighting a guy in Khalil Roundtree who is fighting better than ever and has got more power than Anthony, is faster than Anthony, is a guy in the stand-up you've got to be careful with. And now he defends the takedown pretty well, especially against a guy that's not a great wrestler. That Anthony's not a great wrestler. He's got a good ground game, but he's not a great wrestler. And this is going to be a tough matchup for Anthony because if Anthony gets the win against Khalil, it kind of puts him in that position 
where he's still riding up in the top guys in the light heavyweight division where, you know, one more fight, even without one more fight, just to win over Khalil, he could get a shot at a title because that, that it's kind of all in a toss right now, you know, with everything that's going on. And you got the new champion in, you know, Alex Pereira. Anthony Smith has talked about that fight. Pereira's talked about fighting him. We'll see if, it, you know, he can get through Khalil Roundtree first. Didn't Anthony Smith take this fight on short notice? I believe he did. So he yeah. took it about, what, two and a half, three weeks two, ago, I yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago? Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, he sees something in Khalil Roundtree's game that he feels like he can exploit. I yeah, mean, the ground. At, at the level of which Anthony Smith has fought, guys, he understands where he needs to fight this fight. But sure he does. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get Khalil Roundtree down. If he can get if he can get Roundtree down to the ground, I think he's got a great chance. But he's got to get him down. And he's got to be on top. He can't just fall to his back and allow Khalil to stand over the top of him and land big shots. No. Um, we saw what happened when he did that with Glover Teixeira. Now, I will say with Anthony Smith, we're saying on the feet he needs to he needs to get this fight to the ground. I, I, I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't need to get it to the ground, but I don't think it, there's this urgency to get it to no, the ground. He, he can be the stand up. That Anthony Smith that fought Glover Teixeira in the first round, that Anthony Smith is dog. That Anthony yeah. Smith's got a great push kick. He's got great striking, but he's just always, you know, he's always he's also always put too much energy out to where he started to slow down so much in the second or in the third, and then he wasn't the same fighter. He's got to learn to to pick and choose his shots. And with Khalil Roundtree, he's got to make sure he stays out of that distance of the power. So he's got to use that. I feel like he's got to use his push kick to his advantage. The head kicks and the push kicks to keep the hands loyal to the body. So it's harder for him to get off. And so it gives him more time to – it's harder for Khalil Roundtree to get off fast enough to get to the chin. Also, Anthony Smith is going to be the bigger fighter. Like, he's going to be the taller, I believe. He'll be taller, but he's not going to be, be taller. Not thicker-wise, not muscular-wise. No. He's going to be taller, though. And the, the frame, I think, is going to be a bigger – like a bigger body frame, but not thickness inside, like muscular-wise. No. no. Okay. So – but I look at he's got to use that little advantage to to him. He's got to be able to use that to his advantage. The long push kick, maybe use the long jab, the long the head kick, stay on the outside. Khalil's going to jump in with big punches. That's your opportunity to get to the clinch. Look, when I try to when I try, I was funny. I was watching some earlier uh, training sessions of like me and um, like uh, Islam and like some, I was watching some old videos just the other day. And some of the things that I was watching, I was like, why don't more people do kind of these things? Is as soon as you get to the clinch, right away trying to foot sweep to break their balance. Right away, like those are things that I feel like as MMA fighters, we've kind of got away from. I remember watching uh, John Jones, and it just came up on my on my Instagram. John Jones versus, because uh, he had his first loss in his career today. Um, I believe it was today was the day. Okay. Speaking to me, the historian over here, right? Yeah, there Looking you go. It up on Instagram. <laughs> it was... But John Jones lost to Matt Hamill. I no. It no. It was lost, John. Call no. No. It was lost. No. no. John Jones was disqualified That's against loss, Matt Hamill as he was beating the piss. Out of Matt but John, Hamill, was, it, was, it, was it a loss? Just because don't, something. Don't try to shake your argument. Just because something thought. is wrong. John. wrong. <laughs> John. He lost. Yeah, he lost because of bad regulation. Okay, okay. Look, I don't want to get into that, but I do. But in that fight, <laughs> in that fight, him and him and uh, Matt Hamill came to the clinch right away to the foot sweep. 
he he hit the little step behind and tripped him, got him. To and the, Matt Hamill was a hell of a wrestler. Yes, he was. Yeah. I look at what Anthony Smith needs to do is in those type of positions. Don't just rely on dropping down on the double leg. Don't just rely on dropping down on the single leg and trying to get the takedown that way, especially if you're against the fence where the elbows can come. Clear around, she's got power in every position, left hand, right hand, elbow, elbow, doesn't matter. He's got the power. I think he's got to make sure that one day, as soon as they get to the clinch, looking to foot sweep, looking to trip, looking something to break the balance, and then maybe either escape and get fully away or break the balance and then reshoot when he's not expecting on a double leg or, you know, or a single leg. Something along those lines. He's going to have to mix it up and be crafty that way like an old veteran would Yeah. Uh, if he's going to get this win. You think he's going to get the win? I think I think, I think think he's got a good chance. Okay. Uh, he's got to avoid the big shots early. You know, that's the biggest thing. And how much, how good of cardio is he in? Well, see, and that's, that's the question because, look, if there was one thing you could look at with Cleo Roundtree early in his career, he would get tired. Yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. He's in shape. And he can go. He knows how to pace himself. He knows when to grab that breath. He's just a much more mature fighter. And the biggest difference that I see in the two right now, I think Anthony's got the better ground game. I think Khalil's got the better stand-up game overall. And Anthony came in as a kickboxer, so it's not that Anthony can't be in the stand-up. Speed's going to be the difference. Yeah. Khalil is a faster fighter. And that's tough to deal with. You know, nothing against Anthony, but he is getting a little bit, you know, and, and it's not so much his his biological age he's had a lot of fights a lot of fights you know we're talking about a guy coming up on yeah that's a lot of fights there 37 and 18 right he's over 50 fights coming you know getting closer to 60 professional fights that's a ton you know 35 years of age he's been a busy guy so can i can i give a suggestion though for anthony smith look you know he doesn't want to go to the ground with you now i'm not sure if he's going to jump into your guard but what's the, what's the problem with attacking that calf kick early? So that will slow Khalil Roundtree and his explosiveness down with the power. He won't be able to jump in as fast. He won't be as explosive as fast. He'll be hesitant because he doesn't want to put the weight down on there, afraid that you're going to kick it. All of those things get nullified with a good calf kick if you start it early. And remember, it only takes about two, a good one or two, to make them start changing their game plan and fight a different fight. That is, so Khalil's- totally true. And you, and you look at Khalil's got 17 fights. Okay, there's a there's a big experience factor, and Anthony has fought the best of the best. So sometimes having that experience and knowing how to bring him into your game might be the difference in it. But yeah. tough fight. It's a tough one. It it is a tough fight, but yeah, I got to tip my hat to Anthony Smith, man. Stepping up on short notice, fighting someone who's as dangerous as Khalil Roundtree. That's a big dog right there. Yeah, it is. Big Tim dog. Elliott, our man, fighting in the bantamweights this time, not in. Flyweights, bantamweight division against. Did you miss one, John? No, you no, missed no. Nas- uh, Nazra? no, no. That's next. Oh, that is okay. Yeah, that's, I, sorry, that's, I'm that's... looking at the UFC site. The UFC, <laughs> site has it. UFC site has it differently. Against Sue Madarej E Madareji. I, I screw that up. Any any anybody that comes from somewhere close to that area of the world, I'm going to screw up their name. So, but Sue. <laughs> Uh, 16 and five record going against a guy again with a ton of experience, a great wily veteran in Tim Elliott. That's a that's a good anytime Tim Elliott fights, I want to watch it. I think didn't Tim fun. just fight recently? Yes, he did. That's yes, a quick he did. Turnaround. He just fought uh Muhammad uh Mokayev. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Tim's quick, Tim's a dog, man. Oh, um, it's a quick turnaround and it's a, a weight class up. Oh wow. 
Wow. Well, uh, okay. So 125. Yeah. 125 to, to uh, 135. Yep. I mean, who knows? Like the weight cut maybe was, was killing him. He seems like he always made the weight just fine. But I mean, cutting those extra pounds, you know, has an effect. He does look like, honestly, in his last fight, I don't know if that, that was because of Mokaya, but um, he didn't look like he had the same type of push towards the end that I'd seen him have in the past when he fought guys like DJ. And, and he's got some miles on him now. Yeah, but if you remember, do you remember that Mokaya fight? That's yeah. the one where, look, Elliot was doing some good things, and there was a yes, couple was. little couple little things with the, uh, you know, grabbing on the fence and two things fingers. like that. Yeah, there you Remember go. Remember the two fingers? There you go, John? baby. That your your rattlesnake. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I mean that that whole sequence when the fight got stopped, based upon thinking there was a foul and there wasn't. Yeah. And it changed everything. Yeah, yeah that's true. So. That's we'll true. See. I forgot about I forgot about the foul though. I actually just remember the the two fingers in the fence. Yeah, there was that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nazrat um, has. Hack, go ahead. Go ahead. You got the man you were just talking about, Nazrat Hakbarast against Jamie Malarkey. This is a good fight. This is a fun fight. It's this is really one of those good. ones you know they're going to go out there and they're going to bang. Yeah, I think Nazrat. He's just he's got to be a little bit more uh, offensive. I know that he has a tendency sometimes to start off offensive, but then in the second and third round. He starts being kind of like a little bit more on the outside. He can't let Malarkey push him around. Malarkey yeah. is someone that has – he's got the cardio. He's got the he's got that style that doesn't look like he should be as good as he is. Uh, but you're, he so, is. you're so full of Malarkey. Yeah, <laughs> that's just true. <laughs> and he doesn't look like he should be that good. No, he, he is, but he, he's He doesn't look tough. like he should be – yeah. yeah. He, he just does things proper. You know, he seems like he comes out with a good game plan every time. He finds ways to win. Yes, and Nazrat has been on the other side of that where he finds ways to kind of lose the close fights or make a mistake. Yep. And so he's got he's to remedy that situation. I feel like the best way for him to remedy that is to go out there and just let it hang out. Don't think about the consequences. Don't think about, oh, if I stand too much. Oh, don't just go out there and fight your fight. Like he's got the ability to get – he's got the ability to get the takedowns. He's got the ability to knock people out. He's got all these tools available to him. He just sometimes doesn't fight a smart fight. It like just doesn't, or he just plays it a little too conservative. Or in the moments where he should push action, he doesn't push action. He sits back. Like you've got to, you've got to be able to see it in their face. Oh, I'm getting to you right now. I'm going to keep this pressure. Yeah. And then, oh, you know what? You're not as hurt as I thought. Let me take a step back and let me reevaluate how I enter in on the second second go round. So, um, I do agree with you, John. This fight I think has the potential to kind of be fight of the night. Yep. Um. It is. It could be. It it definitely could def, definitely be a crowd pleaser. Yeah. One before that is Jun Young Park, known as the Iron Turtle. Yeah. Tough, tough dude, man. He takes. Yes. This guy just comes forward going against Andre Muniz, a guy that we've seen have some phenomenal fights, have some problems in his last couple. Yeah. But uh, it's actually a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I think Park is someone that he's just going to walk forward, take big shots. He's just going to try to be overly aggressive. You know, he's going to take a shot to give a shot. He's going to overwhelm Muniz, I think. Muniz is someone that uh, he's got decent stand-up, possessed a little bit of power. He's good on the ground, but he does tend to slow down as the fight goes on. I think Park is stylistically match. He's a perfect match for this fight. He just walks him down. If he can avoid the big shot and get without getting knocked out or getting, you know, dominated from a top position in submission, then I think that he's got a good chance of – just overwhelming him, putting pressure, making him tired and fatigued, and then the big shot will come and he'll land and he'll get the knockout. I'm looking at Park probably getting the finish. 
Any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Anything that's big? We'll Couple see. little things in here. Look Stevie, at Stevie Garcia going up against mm -hmm. Costa. If you're Costa, I just that dude is a phenomenal talent in my opinion. Miquizel Costa, he's got the um, the skin disease and stuff. Okay. Man, he is he is good. Oh yeah, he is a tough fighter. All right, well, we're going to have to take a look at that. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? We'll move. If you guys are done with the UFC, we'll move on to yep. OnlyFans. We are done. We're done. We're going to wrap up on the UFC talk, and we're gonna, Dave's going to give us something else to talk about. <clears throat> well, since uh, Big John can't take my cues, Josh, I'll let you roll into <laughs> uh, OnlyFans real quick, and then I'll bring on the next topic. Okay. Take cues? Well, since, since John couldn't take the cues, hey, before we uh, – Move on to the next thing. What are we moving on to, by the way? Boxing. Oh, we're moving on to boxing. All right, some boxing, some boxing. Devin um, Yeah. Look, I, we, we continue to talk about OnlyFans and OnlyFans.com and OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. We, we continuously talk about this, guys. Uh, but look, we're really just trying to give you guys some extra content on that side of the platform. Also, too, for you guys to follow us over there. Um, it's just another way for, for us to help try and connect other athletes with their fans. Um, we are the first podcast they've done business with, and we continue to uh, have a good relationship with them. Uh, the people that we've worked with um, that work for the company, and they've done a great job of communicating with us, and, and uh, we feel like we've got a good platform on that side. So uh, I think we're a little over five, 600 subscribers, uh, five, or 600, 000, five or 600 subscribers over there. So if you guys can subscribe to us over there for free, um, I've been kind of cataloging my, um, my experience here at CPI. So if you guys want to follow me over there and, uh, I'll be dropping some more knowledge on that, on that side of the platform also, <clears throat> but we've, uh, we're going to be doing, we also do some live chats on there, some extra live chats that are on that platform and they're fun there. Um, we do take personal or not personal. We do take one-on-one -on -one questions, you know, from the live chat from there. And, uh, we enjoy that. And so if you guys want continue to follow us over there or follow us over there, onlyfans.com slash Wayne. All right, John. Uh, Dave, tell us what we're doing for boxing. <clears throat> All right. This weekend we have Devin Haney versus Reggie Progress. Progray. I, I don't know. Yes. I do not know how to say that last name. Uh, but it's a 12 round, uh, 140, 140 pound uh, WCB title fight. And it's in San Francisco this weekend. Yeah. Look, Devin Haney is a guy that, you know, right now undefeated in his professional career. Has taken out, you know, some incredible fighters. His last fight was against Lomachenko. Yeah. And a lot of people thought Lomachenko won. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So very close, but Haney remains undefeated. This is a fight he was supposed to fight. I'm trying to remember who else he was supposed to fight. And he ditched that he fight. Dodged, he dodged it. He ditched that one for this one because he looks at this as Hey, this is a better fight for him, and that's okay. And you know, you gotta you gotta pick one, and he picked the one that he wanted. But th this is actually, when you take a look at the way that he fights, very defensive, great counterfighter. And if you've watched Regis fight, he's aggressive. He's a mm -hmm. good counterfighter, also, but he's aggressive, and it's the kind of fight that Haney loves. John, I have no interest to even talk about it. <laughs> I wanted to say more about it. I want, but nah. like, this is, this is why, this is why with boxing, it just, it really, it frustrates me. 
you're the champion. Whoever they put in front of you or whoever's next in line should be fighting for the title. And that's, I think this is what the model is uh, that makes the UFC and other MMA promotions successful. Normally, whoever is next in line, that's number one or number two, whatever it is, those, those fighters are stepping up and they're fighting for the title next. Now, I know there's always been some issues sometimes, you know, with, uh, with the UFC. They'll sometimes leapfrog somebody. UFC has something in their mind that they're looking to do. Um, but that, that's what happens when you own the promotion. You're allowed to go ahead and do those things. But in, in all fairness, we have been lucky enough through the years of, this, of, of the sport of MMA to see the champion fight the number one or to see the champion fight number Many two. Many times. Many, many times. Yeah. It's not like they're fighting someone we have never heard of. Okay? It's not like they're fighting someone that, sure, they have a good record, but you know, it's, they've only been on TV once or twice. And not, not many people follow. We're sure. fighting people that we have seen come up through the ranks and have somewhat of a following and now have made it in the top five, top three, and now they are fighting for the title. Now, it's very rare that you're going to find someone that is ranked number, number six, number seven, fighting for the title. But in some cases, we'll see that based on the fact that whoever the champion was, when we're talking about like someone like uh, Volkanovsky or somebody like um, John Jones, they've wiped out the division, sometimes John Jones, three times over. And it's like, look, we're done watching this, okay? So let's go ahead and see something else. Let's see him fight the new up-and-comer who's ranked number eight. You know, And that's kind of where we're at, I think, a little bit um, with the heavyweight division. John Jones now has been... Sure, he's just defending his title for the first time. We want to see the Steve Bay fight. I understand that. We're going to talk about that later, by the way. But, John, <laughs> it's like a little shrug. But anyways, we're going to see that fight probably uh, later on down the road. Tom Aspinall coming up, young fighter, talented fighter. You've got other fighters that are ranked number you know, 9, 10, 11, whatever it is, that are young and coming up. Sometimes we feel like they should skip because the heavyweight division has been so up and down. I look at what Devin Haney is doing. Maybe he feels like he needs an easy fight right now after the last fight. I don't know. Loma, I thought, won that fight. I'm not saying to take anything away from Devin Haney, but I thought Loma won the fight. It was a close fight. I'm not going to call it a robbery. I'm not going to call it a robbery. That's not what we're doing here today. Okay, But I do feel that sometimes fighters, after a very close fight, they need to get their confidence back. Maybe that's what he's doing. Get this fight. Get a win. Have an impressive performance. Or is there a lingering effect, John, where he carries that same attitude over against somebody like this and thinks it's a cakewalk? Ah, I beat, I fought guys. I just beat Loma. This guy's got nothing on me. And he ends up having another bad performance. That's where I get a little shady. I get a little like, um, not upset, but I get concerned when fighters do this to themselves. Like they, they take easier fights and then that's, they're sabotaging themselves instead yeah. of saying, you know what? I always want to fight the best guys, which means I always want to be the best. Have now, to, you, you have to have motivation. Yeah. Motivation is everything. Because when you're not motivated, you just don't work hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, I can't tell you, there's been many of fights where I was like, this guy's got nothing, man. And the guy went out there, and it was either one of my toughest fights, you know, and I was like, oh, this guy's got nothing. And he ended up having more than I thought. And I made other fights that I had fought. Look easy because I was in the gym every single day. And yeah. I was in the gym for those guys too, but you know the effort you put no, out. It's, not, it's the, motiv the motivation will make you do the extra. It will make mm -hmm. you run the extra laps on the track. It will put you into, I've I, I, I sparred more rounds. I've done more things because you're motivated because you kind of have a fear. You know, the, well, you know that person's good. Yeah, but it's not only, look, and that you say more. And sometimes 
what I mean by more is more means that I gave Smarter. more during the effort. Yeah, yeah, I did more during that training session than just cruising through oh, the yeah. workouts. Yeah, it's not, it's not more times. time. It's not more time. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I jumped on the machine and I did my 30 minutes, but my 30 minutes I know wasn't as good as I could have done. And I've done way better before in the past for people that motivated me. Mm -hmm. Ah, today's just the day that I'm going to take, you know, not go as hard. Those days don't exist when you know you're fighting the number one guy every single time. So um, I wish nothing but the best for both fighters. Uh, Devin Haney, I expect big things from him. Always do. I've loved and I've enjoyed watching him fight. Some people get turned off by how um, defensive he is, how great of a counter striker he is. A little bit more of that Floyd Mayweather type look. Uh, he fights really well at a distance, but if you smother him, he's not the same fighter. We saw that with Loma. Loma slipped, made him miss, made him pay. Um, was really in his grill, made him fight when he didn't want to fight. Those are things that Loma was able to deal with his speed by making him miss. That's the other thing, you know, is that when you can make Devin Haney miss and you're making him, and it makes, it takes the energy out of him and it starts making him wonder, like, my speed's not going to get me there. He start, it looks like he starts doubting himself a little bit. And that's what I felt like was the change in the Loma fight. So I wish him the best. I want to see, I want to see him fight whoever number one or number two, whatever, you know, is, in the rankings, you know, and that kind of thing. But this is not it. You sure you don't want to talk about this one? Nah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I kind of mumbled on a little bit. I went on a little rant there. I love it. Rant. I love it. Rant. All right, Dave, what's next? All right, next one here. We had uh, Tom Aspinall make comments in our recent interview oh, talking, yes. uh, saying that he, he thinks John Jones should be stripped to the belt. John Jones took to X to give his little input there. So yes, I'll read the did. tweet. I'll, I'll read it out to you and then. Um, Oh, Tom Aspinall has a response to him. Well, hold on. Uh, let, yeah. let, let, let's preface this before you read this because what Tom Aspinall had put out was that John Jones should be stripped of his heavyweight title and that Aspinall should be recognized as the heavyweight champion and that his next fight should be with the real title on the line because John Jones is in a position not to fight, so Dana should take the title. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Read it. So John replies, or John puts out on X, I faced the absolute toughest competition this world had to offer for 15 years now. During camp for title defense, I sustained a major injury that required surgery for the first time in my career. Now I have newcomers requesting I get my championship stripped. Zero wins over legends, zero title defenses, and already thinking you can call the shots to Dana. That's hilarious. In my 15-year career, I have seen so many guys who are supposed to be the next big thing there's ever only been one John Jones. Never forget that. Tom Aspinall responds, you're right. Sorry, John. <laughs> okay. First off, let's talk about John Jones's response. Many times John goes off and, and says stuff that you go, stop saying that. It was correct. It was to the point. There was nothing in there that was out of line. It was perfect. And he was right. Because he 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 got hurt training for a title fight. Shit happens, especially as you get older. The chances of you getting hurt they're more you know more, and that's why you got to you got to train a little smarter. I'm not saying he wasn't training smart, but he got hurt training for a title fight. Okay, and it's only because he got hurt that Tom Aspinall is now the interim heavyweight champion. Okay, but to sit there and say oh he should be stripped. No, that was a bad, that was a bad take. And 
I will give Tom Aspinall all the credit in the world. I love your take in response of, you're right. Sorry. Okay, I'll take it because he was right. And you did the right thing in saying, you know what? I screwed up. I shouldn't have said that. His take on John Jones being stripped was as bad as bad take McCarthy. It was that bad. <laughs> you guys also got to understand that there's a little bit of like British humor in the way Tom's writing this. This is a very British like humor kind of oh, approach. Yeah. Explain it to me. Explain us the you, British humor. You, you're saying this right here that you're right. Sorry, John, is British humor. It's a little sarcasm. There is there's a oh, I'm not saying sexism, but there's not some. Yeah, it's um But it's absolutely correct. British people find this thing this kind of thing funny cuz they're like haha like you you folded but like you didn't really mean it like you're just kind of it's like it's sarcastic and it's but it's there's I don't even know how to explain it. It's a British thing. You need to like be British and you need to have grown up there to kind of get this. But yeah, well, uh, that ain't British that, people that, in the that's comments. Why I don't get it. British people in the comments to like tell me you know what I'm talking about. Um the, <laughs> Yeah. Tell me you know what I'm that talking was, about. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna have nobody to I, I have no fucking clue what you were saying, Dave. Well can, <laughs> he was gonna can, hate. can I a couple of things. John Jones put this perfectly. Yeah. Said everything he said was factual. There was no lies, there was nothing out of line, like you said. Um it was very eloquently put. Like I thought he did a great job yeah. in his response. Um I I I respect the way he responded. I think it's very uh, admirable. I think it was a perfectly put. Um, to move on to this, though, in, in terms of, I don't think he should be stripped. I want to make sure this is clear before I speak on moving forward. But can I throw this out there just for a quick second? Sure. Does anyone believe that John Jones needs to have a title to, to, for us to tune in to watch him fight? So I'm just saying, even if even if even if he didn't have the title. I would still tune in and want to see that as a main event on a pay-per-view, him and Stipe. And Tom Aspinall could still be the champion, but I would still tune in to watch this fight. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we are we really saying, like, if Conor McGregor comes back, I don't need to see him as a champion. If Khabib comes back, I don't need to see him as a champion. I'm still paying my 79 or 89, whatever it is these days. 87. All right? Yeah, I'm still paying that $87. To watch Habib fight or to watch Connor fight or to watch John Jones fight, I'm still paying that money. You know, I, I don't I don't need to I don't need to see a belt wrapped around his waist to realize that John Jones fucking probably the GOAT, you know, or is the GOAT to many many people. I don't need to see that. If Tom Aspinall, if the UFC said Tom Aspinall is the champion, I'm still gonna see John Jones and Stipe uh fight no matter what happens and when it when that come happen. I don't need a title to be wrapped around that either one of them. I, I, I admire Stipe. Uh, I love what he's doing right now. He's a great fight. I'd love to see him fight John Jones. I'm tuning in. I'm paying my money to honor those two guys. These two guys are legends in the sport, and I think it, I think they deserve that. Like I don't need to see a belt wrapped around their waist. So it's not idea for me. Idea. It's not. I'm not out of the. It wouldn't be. It doesn't mean shit to me. I guess what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if if Dana said, you know, what? we are going to strip John. But I'm still going to see the the Stipe and the John Jones fight. That's still going to happen. And Tom's going to be the champion. He's going to rep represent the heavyweight division. Because you know probably both of them may retire after that fight. They like, may. If John plans on – yeah, exactly. If John plans on going on, then I guess I understand that. I, I get, I get make, keeping him as a champion, then he'll fight Tom Aspinall next. But John's come out and said that he's probably just going to try to beat Stipe and he's going to just ride off into the sunset. 
and then what, what's the I guess what's the point of the belt other than just to say that he defended it the hundredth time? I well, guess I, normally this one the first time comes down. This well, would be the first defense of the yeah. heavyweight title, and so the first I defense is always the most important. That's it. Yeah, That's I can it. see that. I don't know. I like I said I want to just give credence to the fact How? that. I wouldn't care if there was a belt involved. I'd still tune in to watch. You wouldn't care, and I wouldn't care. But how many people do you know are out there that would say something to the effect of, well, yeah, John John Jones, he got the heavyweight title, but he never defended it. That's true. The casuals. Okay. Casuals. And and you look and you go, really? That's what you're going to go off of? You know, but. Oh, I, I just want I want people to take note that John, you and I are here right now sticking up for John Jones. John Jones, baby. We're here sticking up for the UFC. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to say, like, hey, I don't need to see a title wrapped around his waist or Steve Bay's waist again to watch that fight and to pay the $89 or $87. No. I get an HD, so it's probably $89. <laughs> but what but what's the right thing to do then? With that said, what's the right thing? Is the right thing just keep the belt on John? Or is the right thing based on the length of the his right, injury? The, the right thing is to keep the belt on John. Okay. That's the right thing to do. Let, let's be like, I'm not putting anything against Tom Aspinall. I think Tom Aspinall is the future. I think he's fantastic. I think he's funny. I think he's got a great personality. The son of a bitch can fight his ass off. And I think he's going to be the guy that's there in the UFC heavyweight division for a long time, as long as he doesn't get hurt. You know, and that can happen. And that's not his fault, same as it wasn't John's fault. You know, the be- the guy who is considered the best heavyweight that ever fought in the UFC is a guy that didn't have that many fights in Cain Velasquez. He just got hurt mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And, and so it can happen. But when you're looking at this situation, look at Tom Aspinall has a belt. It's the interim title. We've already gone through this how many times? Now, Dave doesn't understand what an interim title is. <laughs> but... An interim title is something that the promotion puts out there just so they can have a championship fight because they have a a contract. A championship with, fight? Yeah. yeah. Cha- are you, yeah. So it's a championship fight even though it's not a championship? An in- interim championship fight. Just making sure. Interim. There's that <laughs> word before it. It's interim. And if you see, like, if they have an interim champion like they have in Tom Aspinall and they have a champion like they have in John Jones, They'll put the C above the IC. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. When they introduce these guys, if they if if John Jones was going to fight Tom Aspinall, Tom Aspinall's got going in there as the champion. He's going in there as the challenger. John Jones is the champion. That's the way it works. There is no as soon as he steps in there, there's no interim championship. That's gone. This is your show. This is your propaganda. <laughs> i'm just kidding you're right john you're right i love that one you're right this is just, your propaganda I like I was, thank I you was very waiting, much dave i was waiting for dave to I give the i know the i was so i'm so you're right I'm, sorry john I, i'm i'm so, i'm so disappointed that he goes this is your show this is your propaganda <laughs> i was waiting for the you're right sorry john uh, oh, no, you, uh i mean look yeah, I just I thought that I'm excited to see the Stipe and the John Jones fight. So you have two legends that are gonna be fighting. Um, like I said, but I don't need to see a title wrapped around their waist. And I also think that Tom Aspinall, um, him being the interim champ, that what confuses I think people is if he's the interim champ, why are we doing the Stipe fight then? 
why doesn't Stipe fight Tom Aspinall then? And then Stipe fights around. And if he wins, then he fights John Jones. That's kind of that thing. That's where people are getting a little confused with what's going on. Why are we allowing this to happen where Stipe gets to continue to sit out? It's because he's the greatest heavyweight of all time, given the most title defenses. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to stick up for Stipe in the situation. Yeah, if, if, if you're going to go off of title defenses, he's had yeah. more than anybody else holding that belt. Yep. And certain, look, certain, certain fighters have paid their dues. And when they pay their dues long enough and they've done what the promotion has asked them for multiple years, look, these are things that we should be able to grant them on their, their farewell fights or whatever it is, you know, their, their, what they wanted to do to end their career. I think it's warranted. So Tom's going to have to wait. He may have to defy, defend that title, that interim title one time. Maybe he defends on the same card. And if one of them gets hurt, he can step in and fight the winner, you know, or the fighter on there. Maybe that, that might be a great suggestion. Then you have the two of them face off. Look at me over here trying to do things. Look at you. All right. Matchmaking. Matchmaking. <laughs> next one, right, Dave, Dave. What else you got? All right. Next one here. Um, Amanda Serrano has come out on Instagram and said that she will not fight um, on, under the WBC until the rules mm -hmm. are changed for women to be equal to men as far as the uh, bout rules. Um, her last fight was uh, 10 rounds or uh, two-minute rounds. Uh, versus a man's title fight, which would be twelve minute, twelve rounds at three minute rounds. Um, she put it on Instagram. Uh, I love boxing. I've given my life to the sport. No phone, no boyfriend, no parties, just boxing. I am the only boxer, male or female, from Puerto Rico to become undisputed champion. I am the only female boxer to have won titles in seven divisions. I am the first female boxer, along with Katie, to headline Madison Square Garden. Uh, I am the first female boxer to make seven figures from a fight. And the same from sponsors. I am the first undisputed female champion to fight 12 three-minute rounds. Moving forward, if a sanctioning body doesn't want to give me and my fellow fighters a choice to fight the same as the men, then I will not be fighting for the sanctioning body. The WBC, WBC has refused to evolve the sport for equality, so I am relinquishing the title. Thank you to the sanctioning bodies who have evolved for equality. If you want to face me in the ring, you have a choice. I've made mine. Thank you all my fellow fighters uh, who stood with me. Thank you to my team. Thank you to my fans. And above all, thank you, God, and blessed. I think she's absolutely right. Look, if there was one thing that we fought for with women's MMA in the beginning, because it started off three-minute rounds. Can't have women going five-minute rounds. Oh, my God. Sir. Where in the world is it that a woman can't do as much time as a man in a sport? That is nuts. Has that stuff not gone by the wayside? It used to be, you know, there was no women's marathon. They can't run 26 miles. What? Have you lost your fucking mind? Amanda Serrano fights. You got to figure she's had titles with the WBO, the IBF, the, you know, the WBA, and the WBC. The WBC's rule set for their championship fights are two-minute rounds for the women. It shouldn't be. They should change it. And she's right. Why Why am I going to go and fight a three-minute round for this sanctioning body, but I got to fight a two-minute round for this one? What, what makes it to where it's different? There's no rule changes in MMA for women, not one, you know? Because, you know, everyone talks about, well, what, what about, you know, you know, you know hit, hit to the balls? It's called groin shots. And women have groins and men have groins and you can't, can't get hit in either. Doesn't, doesn't say anything about testicles. Okay. There's not one freaking rule that's different. 
There's not one thing that's different. And that's one of the reasons why women's MMA has worked because everything's the same. There's no difference. People don't see a difference. I think she's right. I, do I, th I do I think she's right? She is right. As a promoter, though, John, what's going through their minds? I'm going to let you talk on that. As a promoter, what is going through their minds when they're what? talking about having two the biggest, female fighters for 12 rounds? The biggest problem with women's boxing is it's not the same as women's MMA in the fact that women's, women's MMA can utilize heavier tools. Kicks and knees and elbows all have bigger impacts than the punches that a small female can put out and deliver with impact. Not a whole lot carry a ton of power. So they're looking at it saying, we're looking at 12 three-minute rounds and the fight's going to possibly go that long almost every time. And that's what they're worried about. And I understand that. You can't change it. Can, can we make some suggestions, though? You want yeah, it to be equal, but I say, like, look, let's make suggestions to how to make the sport better then for for the viewers at home and for maybe even for the fighters. I said the same thing about basketball for females basketball. You want it to be more entertaining? Lower the rim two inches. Okay, give them a foot, whatever it is. Give them, an, give them an, a chance to be able to dunk down, you know, slam the ball in someone's face, posterize another female and put that up on a poster for a young female to have up on her wall. Yeah. This type of thing, I think, if you want to make women's boxing more entertaining, they need to start fighting in four and six ounce gloves, not having them in the eight and ten ounce gloves. True. I'm sorry, I think just it doesn't make sense. They don't. Not all women possess power like men that can get them out of there. Not it's all men lower. possess power, you know, especially yeah, exactly. in, in the lighter weights. <laughs> no, no, especially Hello. in the lighter weights. Look at the lighter the person is. Yeah it's hard to put another person out because you just don't have the weight behind it to make it, you know, to where you can put that person out. It's tough. And I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. I think a six ounce glove is yeah. absolutely something that they should be looking at for the smaller weight classes. And then when you get to the 54, you know, a 60 pound and above, whatever, go to eight ounce, you go to six and eight, give that, that extra opportunity for finishes to happen. And I think you'll start seeing that, Promoters will start jumping on board. They're going to get more knockouts. They're going to get more people getting staggered in rock. You're going to get more excitement in the fight. Right now, they're fighting with pillowcases, big pillows on their hands, just wrapped. I mean, like, there's not a lot of damage that's done. Sure, they get buddied up. Sure, they get swollen a little bit. But they, people watch boxing to see the finish. No different than how they watch MMA to see the finish, whether it's submission, whether it's knockout, whatever yep. it is. They're looking for the finish. I can't, I, I'm just giving suggestions. I'm thinking out loud, but look, as a, as a sanctioning body, the WBC, whatever it is, okay? They're basically saying we need to see more action to get people to want to buy these fights. And until we can do that, we're going to keep it the 10 rounds and two minute longs or whatever it is. That's what they decide to do. That's what they decide to do. I don't mind that she's leaving and saying, I'm not going to represent this belt anymore. But that's fine. Doesn't bother me. You know, she's trying to fight for women's equality. But do something a little bit more than that. Don't just run away from it. Go, hey, what do we need to do then to make this happen? Be that person that speaks up. Don't be the one that says, nah, they don't want to hear me. No, no, no. Sit down with them and say, let's hear, let's, let's sit down and put some options out there. 
and say like, hey, this is what we, look, so many people, including myself, I catch myself doing it all the time. We complain about all the shit around the world. No, no one has any fucking solutions. So <laughs> be that person, you know, like everyone's quick to complain about this, complain about that. Well, let's talk about solutions. Let's sit down and say, look, this is what I'm thinking. This is what you're thinking. Let's have a conversation. Let's work this out. Have her sit down with the sanctioning body and say, look, I want to try to get this there. I want to be the first female to sit down with you guys and try to get it to that level. What do I got to do to make it happen? I'm your champion. She's got the record and, the, and all the things that come along with it to be that person. Speak up. Don't just walk away from it when every, you know, in that moment. That's your moment to shine. That's your moment to make a real change. You just vacated that and gave that moment up. That's not what I'm looking for. Just me speaking Good point. Out Good point. I do I like love it. her though as a fighter. But, I love yeah. her just so we're clear. Yeah. She's yeah. like she she comes to fight. And yes. Her, that fight that she had with Katie Taylor, I'd watch yeah. that all, all the time. Great fight. Did you think she won that fight? I, I thought did. she won that fight. I thought okay. she won the fight. I thought she won the fight. I thought she uh, that one's won. I go, you got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't want to say robbery. Uh, I, know, but I, mean, I know. I, I had I had her I winning had her by winning. two rounds. I had her winning by two, two rounds. rounds, also. I think. Yep. Yeah. So not right. quite a robbery. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, we have a Chatri from One SC. He came out and oh, did an interview. I like Chatri. And was talking about his focus or the renewed focus on MMA next year. Um, he's saying mm -hmm. that they're bringing MMA bringing MMA back in full force, expecting sixty live events. Uh, with potentially, he's saying crazy. potentially 70, but um, 60 shows across multiple locations. Um, doesn't want to say too much right now because they're going to make a big announcement um, in the next couple of weeks here. Um, but he thinks uh, he thinks the fans are going to be pumped. Um, he's talking about doing uh, a show in Qatar, uh, Singapore, um, and obviously the US where they're doing it right now. So um, he said, we feel like we've got our kind of thing figured out with uh, the Friday night fights and all that, but we're, we're going to make a big push for MMA next year. Josh. 60 fights is, is a lot of fights. He's saying possibly 70. Maybe 70. But John. Or more. Let's, let, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Okay. Let's say 24 fights is two fights a month. Yes. Now you hold double it, that. 50, 52 fights 50 is one every is week. One every week. There you go. You're going to end up doing them. That, you're going to have to get a lot. You, like, to make this announcement now. And we're literally a month and a half away from next from from next year. No, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, not even a month and a half. Well, we're in December already, right? Sorry, we're in December already. I was thinking Thanksgiving. Dude, oh, no, I'll tell you what. That MR that MRI did a whole lot more fucking yeah. damage than it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're less than a month away. That means you need to have four shows ready to go in December or in, oh, sorry, yeah. in January. Yeah, in January, at least four shows. Now I don't know if he's talking the calendar year or if he's talking like. If he's talking like from January to following December, or if he's talking yeah, like no. a calendar year, he like said from March 2024, March. 2024 is January 1st to December 31st. Wow. And you I take mean, a look and it's, and it, when you, if you honestly look and you say 60 shows, you're talking about in that you're going to have eight months where you'll have five shows a month. And if it was 70, <laughs> come on, man. You can't do that many shows. You just can't. You, you, you're killing your crew. <laughs> well, well, it's not. Yeah, you're gonna have to have multiple announcers. 
You have to have multiple oh. commentators. You have the multiple fighters. Like you're gonna have, you're, well, you need you'd have, a lot more fighters you have on your than your you have on your roster. You have you're gonna have to have multiple fight ops people as far as the people that you know oh, there yeah. for the fighters at the hotels who check them in all the different things. My God, just think of all the people. I mean, you're gonna need at least two, I would say three sets of them. Because you're gonna have to take one, they're gonna to fly to the next location, and that one's finishing up. They can't just turn around and fly to the next location. Oh no, no, no! They've got to be. The, it's... Yeah, they they they're gonna within a six in a fifty-two week, fifty-two week year. Like you're, it's gonna be a lot, John. And the other thing too is you're you, you gotta also Thanksgiving. Are you still gonna fight on Thanksgiving? Are you gonna fight on Christmas Day? You have to. <laughs> That's my thing. That's my thing. You're. You're at, I don't know, every, man. It's every. It's more week. than every week. Well, like, let's be honest. Look, go ahead. The let's UFC, honest, the UFC does about 42 shows a year. Okay. That's a lot. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was more than that. I thought it was 50. I thought it was 52. No. I thought it was 52, and sometimes no. they double up. No, 42? Okay. Keep in mind so normally they, 42, they might do... These guys do... What? These guys do the that? Friday and then Saturday back to back. So I mean, if imagine you did that every week, you're not really talking about that many shows. I mean, obviously every week sounds like a lot. But did you just say if you do it that way? Well, I'm just saying that keep, keep in mind that these guys do do that. So if they did it, if they did it every every week, right now you're not really looking at that many fights. But I'm not saying they're going to do it every week. I'm just saying if you if you did it every week, it's not. It doesn't actually turn out to be that much to do 60 shows. Right, but you still lost your mind. It's still yeah, it's a lot. Like, I guess well, it's a I, I lot. Bellator, Bellator, we did that for a while. We did Friday night shows and Saturday night shows, and it, I actually I loved it because yeah, because you got paid I, twice. I, I got paid two, <laughs> got paid for two shows, so it was pretty awesome. But uh, it was, it was great. I loved it. Um, but I, what I love, what I think though, there maybe it can work is if they do something like that. They do a Thursday night show and they do a Saturday night show. They, they spread it out over that time, so it gives the crew time to reset, get ready for the weigh-ins on Friday, and have the fight again on Saturday. Where we ran into a problem with Bellator was it was great Friday and Saturday night, but you're doing weigh-ins the same day you have your show that night, right. and it was very difficult for our production crew, not just our production crew, but also um, for us, because we were not just analysts, but also for the fighters that were uh, getting ready and the ones that were already making weight. There was so much going on. We were trying to do rehearsals, while the fighters were weighing in, and we wanted to be able to watch the weigh-ins because we wanted to see how they looked, how they, you know, if they looked um, sunken in, if they'd made weight. We wanted to get all that knowledge by being at the weigh-ins. Yep. We missed that out. Normally, it all just got text to us from our producer. And it's not the same as when you see the fighter, how bad they look. Oh, they missed weight by a half pound. Did they look bad or just they look like they just, nah, they didn't want to do it. They just gave that, up. There was a big difference. So um, that's still a lot of shows. Oh. I mean, John, that means they're going to hit the ground running January 1st. I mean, they, they, you would think they already have their first four cards planned out. I mean, that's one every week. That's that's insane. You ever see you ever see when people have the treadmill, treadmills going real fast and all of a sudden they jump on and then they... Yeah, <laughs> it's called a hamster. It's called a hamster wheel. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, what they're, that's what they're going to be uh, doing, jumping on that, but, that treadmill. Look, Crazy. um... Look, one of the things that with Bellator. Well, hold on, well, let, let's be honest about this because let, let's talk about bring this up because we've had Chatri on the show, and you know he's talked about all the big things that one is doing. There was a comment made by Mike Kogan on another show about look at one championship; it's just a matter of time before they're gone. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? 
these are my thoughts. This for him coming out with this announcement of six, you're gonna focus more on MMA and have 60 to 70 shows in one year. I feel like it's a last ditch effort to push. If that's if this is what's being the Kogan said that, and I've heard from other people that they are they're definitely having some financial issues. Um, we've seen they've had financial issues. People have talked and said that they're what five hundred million and four hundred million dollars in the hole. Five hundred over five hundred. Somewhere around five hundred. Um yeah, I, I think I think this is kind of a last ditch effort to to show, hey, we, we still have it. We've got we've got fighters that people want to see. Um, they're gonna need to make a big push. They're gonna utilize whatever tools they have left to get their fighters' names out there and try to get them to uh, to be able to get garner some new investors. That's what I think. What's your what, thoughts? You know, I I see that show and uh that they're supposedly going to be doing in Qatar uh, in March. That is the people that yeah. were big investors in one and the ones that supposedly have said, we're not investing anymore. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I think I think them doing the show there. Let's do a show every week or let's do a show every other week. Let's get our fighters some recognition. Let's show that we can put on a huge show in Qatar at the highest level with the with our best fighters in line yep. and ready to go. Um, that'd be a big that, one. Yeah, that's that's basically like giving your your thesis, you know, in front of the class, in front of everyone, you know, your senior year and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And uh this is my game plan. This is your moment to shine. And they're gonna ask them for more money at that moment and they get it. If they have a great performance and the fighters stand out, they may get it or they may not, you know. Uh, look, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to see another promotion going away, though. It's trouble. I don't. Well, people don't realize, and I think people do realize it. They just we don't. They don't. We don't talk about it enough, John. The less promotion, the less top quality fighters you're going to produce because fighters are like, oh, I have nowhere else to go that I can make substantial amount of money to actually make a living. So why would I start training MMA? Which means the quality of fighters go down. True. So the ones that you're going to see, the quality is going to go down, and the ones that You'll never see or hear from again. They could have been something great, but they didn't have, didn't have nowhere to go. And so, also, what you're gonna what you're gonna see is that you're really limiting the market. They have nowhere else to go. So, what does that mean? The UFC and well, other organizations can like, pay whatever it is they want. There's only so many spots. Yeah, this is what people don't get. I don't care what anything you're looking at in sports, be it in MMA, be it in football, basketball. Look at there's only only so many spots on the roster. There's only and that roster could be the UFC's roster for fighters, or it could be an NBA roster for players. Mm. But there's only so many spots for coaches. There's only so many spots for announcers. There's there's only so many seats. There's only so many spots. And so when you take a look and you start losing these promotions like this, man, it affects the ability for fighters to get known to get the fights that they need to have to get experience and to get seen and that becomes a problem because when no one's seeing you no one knows you yeah well it also takes away the bargaining rights of the fighters with oh, the promotion yeah. to, to negotiate what their salary can be yeah if i don't have another option to go to but i can you're basically stuck with, say you're like, stuck hey, with what one's going to give you yep yep so I, I I'll, I'll use I use um I mean there's plenty of fighters that have from Strike Force days to to Bellator days to the UFC days whatever it was that have 
leverage their ability to go from one promotion to the next. And they've made a lot of money doing that. And they've leveraged their promotion, you know, whether it was from Bellator to UFC or UFC to Bellator. They said, hey, UFC to keep me in. We've talked about it. The guy who's done it more than anybody and probably better than anybody, Eddie Eddie Alvarez. Alvarez. Yeah. Okay, take a look. You know, this is a guy who, you know, he tried to get on the Ultimate Fighter long ago. They turned him down. And he then starts fighting for Bodog. And then he ends up with Bellator. He becomes the champion there. He goes to the UFC. He becomes the champion there. He leaves the UFC. He goes to one, you know, and now he's with bare knuckle and he's making a ton of money. And that's because he has taken and he's basically said, Hey, look, I'm a, I'm a gunslinger. I'm a gunfighter and I do it for money. And I'm going to go to where the money's at. Mm-hmm. He's been smart yeah. about it. No, he has. I mean, I bo- didn't he fight an Elite XE one time? I thought he was with Elite XE for a little bit, and then he went to Bellator after. He might, that. He, he might have fought an Elite XE. I don't know. Yeah, I, thought I don't remember did. that fight. If he did, I know he fought in Dream. Remember, he fought. Um, yeah, he fought in Dream. Oh, oh yeah, he, he, in the dude, finals. He, he fought Joachim Hansen. Yeah, what a fight! What a fight! Never one of my all-time favorite fights. Never Elite XE. Yeah, never I didn't, Elite I didn't XE. Think so. Okay. But a lot of those, you know, when you take all those dream fights he had and then the K1 and then, yep, just freaking unbelievable. Yeah, he, he was so fun to watch, man. Yep. I remember Trevor Prangley coming, coming back from Bodog. He's like, man, he's like, I've been trying to get Eddie to come out here. He's like, you know, I've seen him train. I've seen him fight. This is in the Bodog days. And Trevor was the Bodog champion at the time. And he goes, man, this kid's good. He's, your, he's like, he's tiny. I can't believe he's fighting at 170. He's tiny. He's so small. And then, and then, yeah. and then uh, I meet him. Like, well, he's pretty stout. He's muscular, but you're right. He is shorter yeah. in stature. But man, the guy can fight. It's yep. fun to watch. Yep, he's fun. What else you got uh, for us, Dave? All right, let's wrap up in this one here. Dylan Dennis calls for a fight with Mike Perry uh, after the, the the. I want to see this. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, he. <laughs> He um, tweets out for the belt, fuck it. And then Mike Perry interviews on Hero Hawani. And he does say, like, BKFC is willing to put out, you know, big money, whatever kind of money um, for these fights. He says, probably the same thing goes for a Masvidal and for maybe a, um, maybe a little bit for Dylan Dennis. Maybe not any amount for Dylan Dennis, but, like, you know, a, a, a good amount. Mm-hmm. Well, I... I, I... I personally would pay to watch Dylan get fucked up by Mike Perry. <laughs> Come on. Let's be honest. Um, Stop. It, it, if you want to fight in bare knuckle, you better be a dog. He's not fighting in bare knuckle. Okay, there you go. And if you want to fight Mike Perry, you better be a big fucking mean dog. Cause that's some. You better bitch. have some fucking balls. Is what you, you better have. Like, he is. Big. He is made so. for it. We've said it how many times? <laughs> that dude is in the sport that he needs oh, to be in. He is. Think about it, Josh. He is what now? Four fights in. I think he's had four fights in bare knuckle. He is the face of that company. Absolutely. Mike Perry is. Absolutely. A guy who doesn't even really hold the title. He holds the King of Violence title, but not a weight class title. He's the face of that promotion. 
and Dylan Dennis wants to go fight him, I think it's a great idea. I think he should. <laughs> I think I think Dylan Dennis is he'll never step foot in that in that room. No. Uh, that's one. Two is um it just lets you know that the, the door is closed with the OC. Oh. It's closed. That all you know, all that stuff, like the pay-per-view numbers can be found out. Especially when you're big into the pay-per-view business. You know, 1.3 did not happen. Not a chance. So not a not chance. A chance. No. I mean, look, whatever, man. It's it just it just showed like I think what happened was what I understood he asked for his release from Bellator because he thought the pay per view numbers were one point sure then he ran off to the UFC expecting to get big get get paid big Dana White made one phone call found out what the real pay per view numbers were they were nowhere near yep well then that door just shut now you're the kid and Dana came out and said now you're the kid goes around starting shit picking fights everywhere just stirring it Causing up in trouble. Causing trouble. He's like, I don't need that shit. Come on, man. And uh, yeah. Do do you think? Let me me throw this out there. Do you think a little bit of that is the 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 whole deal that happened with Habib jumping out of the cage and jumping at him? It was like, look, I don't need this in life. Absolutely. I think that was a huge part of it because it's it all comes down to hold on. One in your biggest pay per view fight ever that was for the ufc that fight your champion jumps out of the cage after somebody and it just happens to be that dummy yeah hmm you know what i don't need what you bring yeah it's definitely not going to do enough for me to say yeah i'll put up with it ain't gonna happen yeah, because mm-hmm. even if you did 1.3, let's not forget that that Habib and Connor fight did 2.4. 2.4, 2.5. 2. 2.4. Yeah, and, and you you kind of ruined that moment for me. As if you're Dana White. That's what you're saying. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Wayne, that's going to wrap us up. Before we uh, wrap this up, though, go to WayneInMerch.com. Wayne in Merch. It is cold outside. Get yourselves a hoodie like Big John is wearing right there. The and heavy one. The it. thick one, baby. The, the thick, thick one. one. It's like, bam. This will make this will, this will, this will make you look Hulk-like just putting it uh, on. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is great. We got, we got a screen. That's got to be, Dave, that's got to be the thumbnail right there. <laughs> 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 it's got to be it's got to be me flexing with these pimples uh, and then john with his thumbnail uh, it's all us baby um but baby before we leave though make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below hit the little bell and the thumbs up though we appreciate you guys leave some comments down below i'll try to hit some comments i'm sitting in the in the chair in the recovery all week uh, all day tomorrow and all day on uh thursday as well so uh go ahead and hit me up in the comments section i'll be uh chiming in and uh, chatting with you guys. So, John, Josh, you take this away, Josh getting pumped full of steroids. Gotta love it. Oh, that away, baby. It's all right. Themselves, you can do steroids. that. <laughs> they both start with an S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're, Captain Obvious. You're getting vitamin <laughs> S. That's all I know, oh, okay? For everyone out there, I hope you have a good time. Enjoy the show and wish my man Josh Thompson all the luck with making them stem cells go to the right parts of his body instead of the wrong ones so we will see you